0: A tremendous Thursday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. And that's right, I said Thursday, and that means draft talk, draft thoughts Thursdays. The Grizzlies could focus on many, can go many different ways with their focus when it comes to their two first round picks in the two thousand and twenty two draft. But what are some names that could apply to different sensible focuses for this Grizzlies team? That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hey, here we go right now you are locked on grizzlies your daily memphis grizzlies podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome one and all to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having an outstanding start. To your third, we're actually having an outstanding start to perhaps your Friday. Ending your Thursday on a good note. A little bit later edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast this Thursday, but it is Thursday, so that means draft thoughts is here. And we'll get into that in just a moment. You can find myself at Stats SAC on Twitter. My co-host, Michael Cole, at Michael C. Michael is out and about traveling a much deserved vacation. After a spectacular first season covering the Grizzlies, he'll be back with us soon. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz. You can also find us right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below here on YouTube. Hit subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Wherever you want to get Locked on Grizzlies, just hit subscribe to get the latest content. That's all you got to do. And we are here every single day. Your Grizzlies every day. Of course, we're going to remind you that with the 2022 NBA draft, now less than a month away, check out the Locked on NBA Big Board. I personally can vouch for Rafael Barlow, Richard Stamen, and others as they are great people to talk to when it comes to the NBA draft because they have great – they're great minds, but they also give great insight – On every single prospect you can think of, make sure you check out the NBA or the Locked On NBA Big Board with draft season upon us. And that's the whole focus when it comes to these Thursdays. We're now four Thursdays away from the 2022 NBA draft. And listen, I get it. But it'll be a little bit different this year when it comes to the Grizzlies. You know, we've been used to the Grizzlies three out of the past five drafts. The Grizzlies have had a top 10 pick. They, you know, got Jaron Jackson Jr. five years ago, Ja four years ago. A year ago, they got um, or actually throughout the past four years, a year ago they got Zaire Williams. This year, it's a little bit like 2020. You've got, you know two straight you've got two picks in the first round that you know for a, a team as deep as the grizzlies are and as young as they are the thing is is that they could go so many different directions you don't have the same focus as a matter of fact you probably have a bit of a narrow focus you you possibly want to go with the best player available a lot of times when it comes to these draft picks but for the grizzlies being as young as they are as deep as they are and as good as they already are They can go a variety of different ways when it comes to their picks. But the thing that I think that stands out is this. Could these picks, one of these picks, you know, they got the Grizzlies have three picks in the draft. They've got 22, 29, and 47 this year. Could one or multiple of these picks be involved in trades? Sure, especially with a GM like Zach Kleiman, who we know loves to move around on the draft board. That certainly remains reality. As a matter of fact, I'd be surprised if there's not some type of move. We will get into a few in the the near future. We can look at some names who the Grizzlies may trade up for. But if we are to assume that the Grizzlies potentially are at least going to keep a pick in the 20s or maybe multiple pick in the 20s, with the Grizzlies likely, likely picking in the back half of the first round, what type of draft focuses make sense? And with those sensible draft focuses, what are a couple of names to maybe look out for? For if you're a listener of Locked On Grizzlies, for you potentially to start to, you know, get, get a little bit more, you know, familiar with. And, and we'll start here. Coming into... Last year's draft, the Grizzlies with with Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain, um, uh, uh, you know what they found with the Anthony Melton, uh, Xavier Tillman. The Grizzlies showed a very good skill when it came to their front office of identifying of identified older prospects who they could make more immediate contributors contributors to levels that nobody really thought. Nobody thought Desmond Bain in his second year would be arguably a top five shooter in the league. Nobody thought that um, Xavier Tillman would be a, a reliable rotation player on an NBA playoff team in his rookie season, or that Brandon Clark would become one of the best bench players in the league to start his career. But that's exactly what, what each of those players have done, because once they entered the development track, Of the Grizzlies, they've excelled. Well, the Grizzlies shifted that focus last year when they took Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams was, you know, a bit older for a freshman prospect, but very raw. Wasn't a big, wasn't a very good track record. wasn't, Wasn't much of a track record, nor a very good track record at all. But the Grizzlies liked what they saw. They knew and hoped that in likely what will be their last opportunity or at least last straightforward opportunity to pick in the top 10 for quite a while, they wanted to go with a high upside home run pick, and that's exactly what they did with Zaire Williams. So the Grizzlies going into this draft, they know that this summer they may have some back-end roster spots to fill. You, you know you've got Jarrett Culver, Kyle Anderson, and Tyus Jones who are going to be free agents. What if you potentially do some type of consolidation trade to maybe lower your overall roster spots as well? Well, if the Grizzlies do go that route and they feel their roster spots, you know, in whatever way, shape, or form, perhaps the Grizzlies might want to go with another type of high upside lottery ticket type pick that they feel if that talent were to come into the Grizzlies development track, which has been proven to be one of the best over the past three or so years in the NBA, if the Grizzlies wanted to go that route again, with the pick in the 20s in this draft, go with the high lottery talent, one area to focus on would be a high, would be a lottery ticket, high upside type swing in the form of a prospect that has high shooting upside. And two prospects that come to mind are Jaden Hardy and Patrick Baldwin Jr. Now, let's go ahead and let's look at the pros and cons because they're pretty obvious. When the case of both Hardy and Patrick Baldwin Jr., Hardy more is a combo guard and not even necessarily a combo guard, more of a shooting guard wing type prospect. Patrick Baldwin, a front court wing type prospect. The intriguing factor in both of their skill sets is shot creation, is their ability to shoot. At least that was perceived when Hardy went to the G League and when Patrick Baldwin Jr. came to college. The thing is, is that for two prospects who were as highly touted as both Baldwin Jr. and Jaden Hardy were coming out of high school, they both absolutely fell off. And and I they both had very tough times. Hardy in the G League did not shoot well at all. Did not show much skills outside of shooting as well. That's why he has fallen down draft boards so much over the past you know few basically over the past year. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is the same way. We're talking about two talents who were perceived a year ago basically to be in the lottery but yet because the one skill that everybody thought they had high upside in, they didn't show good development in, you know, this past year, and also they didn't show to have much value elsewhere. These are two prospects who definitely have fallen down the draft board. Now, for the exact reasons that they've fallen down, they may not necessarily be something that, they may not necessarily be prospects that attract the Grizzlies, but Many were saying the same thing, that same thing about Zaire Williams last year, that in college, after being a very highly highly touted recruit going to Stanford, he did not look the part at all in a small sample size in college. But the Grizzlies still took him because they believed in his overall skill set. They also believed in his work work ethic and in his intelligence, and it's paid off. A year later, Zaire Williams certainly seems to be a valuable get for the Grizzlies in a very loaded 2021 draft. So if the Grizzlies were to interact with a Jaden Hardy or with a Patrick Baldwin Jr., if they were to see an individual that they like, and they have in Baldwin Jr. and Hardy a skill set that's shooting upside and high-level potential shooting upside, something the Grizzlies certainly need for their future, that's a move that the Grizzlies could make. Because again, last year, we saw them take the lottery ticket route. We saw them take the high upside project route, and it worked out they have proof that going that route, going a different route than they had in the past, going with that high upside swing, they have proof that their development track works out for those type of picks as well. And with the knowledge that the Grizzlies need to continue to improve their shooting, perhaps the Grizzlies, with as deep as they are, they feel they can take another chance. And they can bring a Hardy or bring a Baldwin Jr., into the fold, into the Grizzlies development track, and despite all the negatives, once those types of talents get into this development track, perhaps the Grizzlies can help them develop into the type of player many expected for them to be. Do I think that it's likely the Grizzlies go the route for either one of those players? Probably not. Do I think it's likely if they do, one of those players becomes a a truly, you know, significant talent in the Grizzlies? I would say the odds are against it. But last year showed me that the Grizzlies have confidence that their development track will make the most for any type of prospect that they can pick. And with the fact that we know the Grizzlies certainly can use as much shooting as possible, and we also know that they are comfortable taking the high upside swings, Jaden Hardy or Patrick Baldwin Jr. could make sense if the Grizzlies truly feel that the individual that Hardy or Baldwin Jr. is, is worthwhile to invest in. So I would think that if the Grizzlies were to focus On shooting upside, and they want to go with a high overall ceiling, a high upside, high risk, high reward type pick, I think Jaden Hardy or Patrick Baldwin Jr. could make sense in the draft. But perhaps the Grizzlies may not necessarily want to go all high upside. They may not necessarily want to go just focused on shooting. Perhaps they want to maybe still go high upside, but all around game is something that they're focused on. That really falls more into the line of what the Grizzlies are thinking especially when they went the route of Zaire Williams. We'll look at a few more prospects who could certainly fit that bill in just a moment. But before we do, I want to talk with you about this. Listen, when we talk about NBA prospects, there are so many different parts that have to come together to make them work out. But it's the engine, it's their overall desire to be the best that they can. That is the engine that makes a prospect run towards his goals, and run toward meeting his potential as much as possible. As wonderful as that segue is, the point is to talk about rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car par- parts that you'll ever need. And the reason why is because within a few clicks of the button, you're likely going to find what you need. No matter the year, maker, model, no matter what part it is, you're going to find what you need at rockauto.com because this is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts sometimes can fall out of budget, so they want to make things as economical. Friendly as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Again, can't thank you enough for listening to Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, but we're talking about NBA prospects. Make sure for your second listen of the day, as much as you can, you check out Locked On NBA Big Ford for the latest breakdowns on all the notable prospects for the 2022 NBA draft. So we talked about in the first segment, you know, one of the focuses that the Grizzlies potentially could look at is going again with a high upside approach like they did with Zaire Williams last year. But there are a few intriguing prospects to where we know the Grizzlies could use as much shooting as possible moving forward. What about a couple of, you know, I what a couple of prospects who've fallen off a bit from the high statuses they had in high school but certainly could fit the bill of having good shooting upside in the Grizzlies development track. We identified Jaden Hardy and Patrick Baldwin Jr. as options to go with that the Grizzlies went that route when it came to focus. But what if the Grizzlies decided that instead they want to continue to invest in wing depth with high upside potential? And so that shifts the focus to some other potential players who were on the wing who could turn into potential two-way contributors as the Grizzlies start to see more a smaller part of their roster take on a bigger part of the payroll. Again, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be paid 29 million this year. He's going to make 29, 20, I believe it's 29, 26, 25, or 4, and then 22. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to make 22 or more million each year over the next four years. John ja Morant, after this upcoming season, it's gl- likely going to make in the high 30s all the way up into the high 40s through his next contract. So the Grizzlies core is going to become much more expensive as time goes on. What does that mean for the potential long-term paydays of a Kyle Anderson, of a Dylan Brooks, of the wings that right now are on the Grizzlies? That co- that that becomes a fair question. And so the Grizzlies may feel that if that's the case, they want to start focusing on trying to get the most value out of controllable contracts, out of draft contracts where you can get very good value out of getting a productive player on a very cheap contract. And for that reason, perhaps the Grizzlies find focus in looking at high upside all around type prospects from this draft. You know, some names that come to mind, you know, immediately are Malachi Branham from Ohio State. You've got Kendall Brown from Baylor, perhaps even Bryce McGowan from Nebraska. You've got several different players who have shown good offensive upside at their young ages, but they also have intriguing upside elsewhere. For instance, I know Kendall Brown is someone that many have talked about when it comes to his defense. You've got several wing talents who are projected right now, basically in that 20 to 35 range where the Grizzlies have two picks that really could be intriguing for the Grizzlies to get into their development track. Now, the Grizzlies have not really taken on, to an extent they've taken on, you know, they've taken on, you know, all around, you know, potential upside guys, but it's been kind of at a lower level, kind of like a John Conchar before or someone along those lines. They've not really taken on a wing-type prospect as of yet that is is more raw than he is established but does have high upside. Yes, you can consider Zaire Williams to be that, but we're talking about a little bit on a little bit lower scale than Zaire Williams' upside. But the key is this. Is that if the Grizzlies can take a, a type of talent that has a lot of skill, that has a lot of tools to use, but yet it's the Grizzlies who mold those skill sets in the way that they think it should be done, you could see there be a lot of potential value, maybe two or three years away from the Grizzlies making the right pick in a wing prospect in this draft. Because when you're talking about a McGowan, when you're talking about... um other players such as that. When you're talking about a Brenham, you know, players that have the ability to score but also can show value elsewhere if developed correctly, that is certainly something that really could pay huge dividends for the Grizzlies. Or, you know, potentially you're looking at a Kendall Brown. I know that a popular target for the Grizzlies to potentially trade up for is Atari Eason. Those guys right now, are two raw offensive talents, but two talents also that could be significant contributors when it comes to defense. If the Grizzlies were to land a Brown, or if the Grizzlies were to land an Eason, what could work for that is, is that yes, the defensive upside certainly could work out, but you also put them in a development track where you know that Taylor Jenkins has been able to help defensive-minded players become better offensive players. Look no further than Kyle Anderson and... um. Forgive me, I can't think. De'Anthony Melton. Whoa, I need to slow down for a minute. My point is, though, is that you've got different types of upside. Even though you have high upside options with several of these talents, like a McGowan's, like a Branham, like a Brown, like an Easton. If you were to trade up, all those players are young but have potential high upsides. But they're in different versions of high upsides. But the key is this: is that the Grizzlies. Have shown the ability to be able to take on talents to not only help them reach the ceiling, you know, become significant contributors where it was expected for them to become significant contributors, like Kyle Anderson's defensive ability, like the Anthony Melton's defensive ability, but they've also been able to help those type of talents become better elsewhere. Even a player like Tyus Jones, who when he came to Memphis, he was known for how good his decision-making was, but not really many had expected the shooting upside that he's shown. So I do think that the Grizzlies probably would be more attracted to the idea of taking on a high upside wing talent that has the potential to be a significant contributor in multiple areas than potentially a high upside target that really is only, you know, viewed as really being right now having high upside as a shooter. We all know the Grizzlies are looking at the all-around game when it comes to picking a prospect. They want players who not only will work hard to make the most of their strengths, but they want players who also will work hard to be more than those strengths. Look at Desmond Bain. He's no longer just a shooter. He's a three-level scorer who also plays pretty darn good defense when he needs to. That's the type of player that the Grizzlies want. This time, though, it's on a younger but potentially higher upside scale. Trevor Keels from Duke is another player. So you've got several different names. And again, as time goes on, we'll do some prospect profiles to break these names down. But I do think that one of the more sensible approaches for the Grizzlies, as they have these two picks in the 20s, is if they is with whatever pick they have. I think that a very astute focus for them would be to get another wing prospect who has high upside in the fact that they that prospect could 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 potentially contribute significantly in multiple areas moving forward. I think names like Bryce McGowan, who has a bit more offensive upside, but has good defensive makeup, a player or a player like a Kendall Brown, who has good defensive upside, but could certainly become someone that in the open court could be dangerous when it comes to his overall offensive game. Those type of players. Yes, they have high ceilings. Yes, they're in different versions. But at the end of the day, in the right development track, these talents that I mentioned could be significant contributors on both ends of the court. It makes sense to me for that to be a good focus for the Grizzlies in this draft. So Kendall Brown, Malachi Brenham, Tari Eason is definitely someone that could be a trade-up target for the Grizzlies. But Bryce McGowan's Trevor Keel's, Those are a couple of different names. And if the Grizzlies want to stick with their high upside focus, but focusing on players who really could contribute in multiple areas, those are some names that could make sense for Memphis. But what if Memphis gets its focus even more narrow, in which they focus more on the present in the future than just on high upside. We'll discuss a few players who really could fit a mold immediately or a role immediate for the Grizzlies while also still having plenty of growth for the future to become even better as time goes on. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But one thing I want to discuss with you is Truebill because the thing about it is this, is that Truebill is a great way for you to be able to control your subscriptions, subscriptions without having to worry about paying extra costs. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, one or simply forget about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, again, you're getting a double whammy tonight into tomorrow with Draft Thoughts Thursdays. But on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we're going to talk about one of the players who I think could be one of the bigger narratives because of the many different ways his summer can go when it comes to determining his future value for the Grizzlies, and that's Brandon Clark. We'll talk about his season in review and what it means for his future on tomorrow's edition of the Lost On Grizzlies podcast. So we've talked about Jaden Hardy and Patrick Baldwin Jr. as being a potential focus for the Grizzlies in which we know this team needs as much shooting as possible in the future. Perhaps the Grizzlies want to bank on the overall pedigree of Hardy or Baldwin Jr. as shot creators and go with them in the 20s. Take a high-risk, high-reward re- opportunity on those type of players. Second segment, I talked about some wing talents that have high upside, but have it in multiple areas potentially, like a Bryce McGowan's, like a Kendall Brown, if the Grizzlies wanted to trade up for Atari Eason, those type of players, Trevor Keels, those type of players that the Grizzlies could go after that could potentially offer high upside, but in multiple areas. Well, this time around, I think that upside still matters, but another thing that I think stands out Is that the Grizzlies may want to play it smart and go after a talent that can fill a role now, has has good upside to where they could become significantly better as time goes on, but also could be an immediate contributor. And this especially comes into play when you start to consider the different routes that the Grizzlies could go. Because remember when me and DeMichael talked about the draft last time? The draft, I think, is going to be the first true indication that Grizzly fans and those that cover the Grizzlies get at to what could potentially happen moving forward. Because there are some big free agent decisions out there. We know Tyus Jones, that's going to be a very debatable decision. You know, how much will his market determine the likelihood of him coming back to the Grizzlies? Do the Grizzlies want to free up more playing time for a um, Zaire Williams or a Santi Aldama by letting Kyle Anderson walk in free agency? Could the Grizzlies do a sign and trade with one of those two players? Could the Grizzlies take home players who are already under contract, an expiring contract like a Dylan Brooks or a Steven Adams, or a young player like a Brandon Clark or a D'Anthony Melton? Could there be a consolidation trade? We'll talk about all that as time goes on, but my point is, is that there is a variety of different avenues the Grizzlies could take that would open up roster spots that the Grizzlies will then need to fill with talents that can give immediate type contributions. And so if the Grizzlies wanted to combine good upside with players that could fit roster spots while also making an immediate impact, say for instance, the Grizzlies, they're outpriced when it comes to the Tyus Jones market, they don't want to match a a high offer that's out there. Well, then a name that I think certainly makes sense for the Grizzlies to be on their board becomes Kennedy Chandler of Tennessee. Now, he is a bit younger than you would expect an immediate impact type talent to be. But even though he's undersized, and it's fair to point that out, I do think that one thing that Kennedy Chandler has done very well in his development is he is a fundamentally sound point guard. Despite his age, Kennedy Chandler is probably a point guard that could make an immediate impact. He could do a good job running the Grizzlies' second unit as their point guard. And then you get him under four years. You know the positive relationship that's there with John Morant. You've got a very good talent that could provide a lot of value on a cheap contract for four years. And so you're not, you know, you're not immediately replacing Tyus Jones. But instead of Tyus Jones at 13 to $15 million potentially, you've got Kennedy Chandler at what? two, three, four million per year over the next four years, you could potentially see as time goes on Chandler being the more valuable player. So that's the type of pick that the Grizzlies could do. You're fitting an immediate need because you you just didn't have the ability to re-sign Tyus Jones. You're getting a player who you know has good relationships with players already on your roster, but you're also getting good upside that's cheap. You're checking a lot of different boxes, and that's the type of moves the Grizzlies need to make with these picks as they continue to pick, hopefully, later in the first round. But what about older wing prospects to potentially, you know, bring into the roster if Kyle Anderson, for instance, were to walk, and and you need more of an immediate contributor who is young and can offer upside over their contract? Maybe a Wendell Moore with his good shooting from Duke. You know, perhaps a Marjan Beauchamp, who has a decent all-around game, you know, from the G League or, you know, potentially an EJ Liddell, who's probably more of a actual, you know, front court, you know, low post player, more of a big than a wing, but has, you know, decent upside when it comes to shooting the three. You've got a variety of different players there, but they're older prospects who likely can contribute quicker than some of the other names I've mentioned earlier in this podcast, but they also have their own upside themselves. And again, I find it hard to believe there's an NBA team out there with a better track record in recent memory of helping older prospects become better NBA players more immediately than people may have thought. So you could go if you went the point guard route, Kendi Chandler makes some sense. If you want the wing front court type talents or you know wing back court type talents that could you know potentially take the place of you know uh, uh, fill those minutes that could be you know left open by um, Kyle Anderson walking. You know, you've got a Marjan Beauchamp. you've got an E.J. Liddell, Wendell Moore, you've got a variety of different things. If you were to trade to Steven Adams, does Walker Kessler or Christian Coloco becomes an become an option? Perhaps if a Jalen Duran or a Mark Williams were to fall, do they become an option? The whole point is, is that the Grizzlies, you you probably you never really want to draft specifically because of need. But if the Grizzlies can make a case. For where they're drafting in the draft, that a player could be one of the best talents that's available to them. But also you have the added bonus of that player fitting a needed role on a cheap contract for the future. That's a lot of boxes to check. That is a valuable late round first or late, late first round pick. You saw it just a few, you saw it just a few years ago in 2020. Desmond Bain was backcourt depth that the Grizzlies sorely needed. He had very good shooting upside that the Grizzlies very sorely needed. And he is very cheap for two more years. And look at what he's become. One of the best shooters in the league and a perfect complement to John Morant. I'm not saying that any of these players that I'm mentioning is going to be to the level of player in their second year that Desmond Bain was. That That's, you know, that's rare. But the Grizzlies do have proof they can do it through Desmond Bain. That's because Desmond Bain has become who he is because of his hard work, because of his great shooting talent, because of him believing in his untapped potential. But it's also because it's such a great development track, such a great culture to be a part of with the Grizzlies to develop. And so that's why the Grizzlies, if they want to focus on yes, upside, yes, overall talent, but if they want feel that there's an added bonus of getting a talent For a specific roster need, for specific lineup needs, that's an added bonus that makes perfect sense. And again, there's no better team right now in the NBA that's done better than not only molding older talents, older draft talents into being immediate contributors, but also helping them reach higher ceilings more immediately than anybody would have thought. So perhaps the Grizzlies go back to the well once again and go back to their bread and butter of getting an older talent who could fill minutes immediately while also still showing good upside. That's perfectly fine. Because again, at the end of the day for the Grizzlies, as they start paying John Moran, as they start paying Jaron Jackson Jr., as they start you know, having to pay Desmond Bain, potentially if they want to bring in another significant talent on a high contract. The more boxes the Grizzlies check with these late first-round picks, moving forward, the more likely it is they're going to maintain their depth, which we now know can certainly pay off in the playoffs. So a lot of different directions the Grizzlies could go. High upside with a shooting focus, high upside with an overall focus, perhaps going with more of an immediate contributor focus for a player that can fill a roster and but will also have plenty of upside. You've got some names now that can make sense for the Grizzlies. And so in time, We're going to continue to make sense of looking more deeply into these names and seeing which ones truly stand out that could be worthwhile for the Grizzlies to pursue. I'll tell you what will be worthwhile. Check it out Locked on Grizzlies tomorrow as we break down the season of Brandon Clark, not only looking at a season in review, but talking about some different talking points about how he truly is one of the more intriguing Grizzlies narratives to watch because of the different avenues the Grizzlies can take in determining his future value for him and for the team moving forward. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We'll talk to you soon.